Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. And that is involved, including in our film, language you don't usually hear on television. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Well, hello, good morning, and welcome to the 49th edition of Achtung Millwall. My name, of course, is Nick Hart, and I am mine host for the number one Millwall podcast. Yes, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We come to slate friendly matches, though, not to praise them, but we do have some reports from the Lions' pre-season workouts versus Bromley, AFC Wimbledon, and yesterday versus the Portuguese side, CD Tondela at Zampa Road. As well, of course, as the traditional cub chewing with our regular co-host Craig Griffiths. And finally, in today's show, we close out with a very nice interview with Vice Captain of the Mill Lionesses, England Under 23 International, and now physiotherapist in her own right, Naomi Cole. Stay tuned for that one at the end of today's show. Uh, but next up, we're going to be switching over to a couple of post-match reports from James Blewett, followed by my good self, and then on with Craig. So welcome back after the summer break, listeners. This is Naomi Cole, Millwall Lionesses defender, and you're listening to Achtung Millwall. Achtung, Millwall. All right, a big welcome to one of our regular co-hosts of the show. Big welcome back, Craig Griffiths. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Slightly hungover, slightly um, you know, downbeat. <laughs> slightly Craig worse Griffiths. for wear. Slightly worse for wear. We <laughs> won't inquire into what's been going on there, mate. But um, well done for showing up this morning to do the uh, do the show. Um, yeah, so the friendly zones upon us, friendly fire, as I've put on our list of um, agenda items here, Craig. Yeah. Um, and we've got a couple of pieces just to run before you and me come back. Um, got a little review of the AFC Wimbledon, the Bromley friendlies to start the uh, the, the you know the preseason off, and then one a piece that I did yesterday versus Portuguese giants, CD Tondela. So let's run those two pieces back to back, and then Craig and I'll be back after these messages. All right, big welcome on the show to one of our regular uh, guests, James Blewett. Welcome back to the show, James. 
Happy new season, uh, Nick, as a Charlton fan would say. Happy new. <laughs> well, I'm I'm okay. It's it's a long summer time, and clearly you are like the man in the desert that's parched and sees an oasis. And you've gone off to the two pre-season games for us this season, haven't you, Bromley and Wimbledon? Yeah, full of the bored and the obsessed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, it was uh, now interesting couple of games actually in their different ways. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously done a little bit of um, online reading and you've got the usual internet um, knee-jerk one way and the other. I mean, I don't know why we're bothering playing the next season, James, according to some people. I, I think we might as well just fold the club here and now and, and, and all, all go away and top ourselves because it's all, it's, it's all pointless, isn't it? Um, well, the hysteria is ridiculous and you just... The, the point is the results really don't matter at this stage of uh, the season. Um, well, the pre-season. Um, what yeah, I think you're looking for is um, some, you know, individual performances and uh, and just some signs, really. And that's the and, and every club has its um, its its dodgy pre-season results, and you can't make any judgment at all about how we're going to perform yet, just on two uh, no. very early pre-season games. No, I, I always go by the, um, the the traditional German approach in in World Cup football that the friendlies don't matter, and the only games that matter are the tournament play, and that's where they turn it on. So I'm hoping we're going to get that from Millwall this season, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm the eternal optimist, mate. Um, now, two results. We've got Bromley 2, Millwall 2, and then AFC Wimbledon 1, Millwall 1 last Saturday. Um, I'm picking up from the net, and I'm hoping that you'll, you know, you'll be able to expand on it. There's a, there's a desperate need for a striker we're, we're reading. Is, was that what you picked up from both games that you've seen there, James? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's very fair. Um, I think the first thing to say about the Bromley game was there were over 3,000 people there, and right. uh, well over half of that, I would have said, were Millwall. And I do think it shows there's, um, there's still a lot of um, enthusiasm and goodwill towards uh, the new regime and uh, a new way of doing things. Yeah. Um, very scrappy game, the Bromley game. Lots of uh, mindless running around, really, as you'd sort of expect. Yeah. Um, I thought some, uh, some real standout performances, though. I was really impressed with um, Ben Thompson. OK. I haven't really seen much of him before. He was no. uh, all, all action and, and uh, over the pitch. Um, Fred was, uh, was our main danger man. When he got the ball, he really ran at them and that seemed to uh, panic them. And then in the uh, second half, uh, Chris Twardek came on, who I'd never seen before, and uh, he really did look a handful. He was, uh, he was cracking um, player. But overall, um, you know, you expect defensive mistakes, you expect it to all look a bit rusty. Yeah. But there wasn't really, it was a lack of presence up front that you really noticed, as you say. I mean, that's been the, the story of our, of our lives for some years now, isn't it? The lack of presence up front. I mean, yeah. Clearly, we, we took a knock on, on Saturday at Wimbledon with the injury to Aidan O'Brien, who was one of the few that did um, present a little bit of danger at the end of last season. Um, so clearly, I mean, we've got the return of the prodigal son, John Marquis. Um, I'm taking it from what you've seen so far that it's the same Marquis that we, we waved goodbye to Gillingham. Um, you know, that, that, however long ago it was, a year ago, whatever it was. Yeah, it was a funny thing, really, because he was playing quite deep um, particularly in the Bromley game, and he, did, he wasn't really playing as a as a sort of orthodox striker. Um, and um, but there were, I was more worried in the Wimbledon game because you know he was putting himself about, and you could see the effort was there. Yeah. But uh, he missed a half chance at Wimbledon, and people just started mouthing off at him, and you could just see his body language, the shoulders went down, and things. And my worry, I mean, I, 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 you know, I really hope Marcus comes good. And you, you saw some of those goals he scored at Gillingham. There's, there's a player in there somewhere. Yeah, I just wonder yeah. whether there's a bit of a, a psychological block at Millwall where he's, um, 
if it doesn't start well for him, the confidence is going to go. He won't be picked um, in the first eleven, and uh, and we'll be back to where we were uh, this time last year. There's, there's clearly a player in there, that, James. I mean, you, you know, all joking aside, he didn't never really um, turned it on at the Den in his first incarnation, and he's gone to Gillingham. And in all fairness to the boy, he scored goals. Maybe a weight's lifted off his shoulders as he leaves South Bermondsey. I don't know. You know, it's um, we do tend to hound our own, don't we? Well, and and and, and, and it either makes or breaks some players, I think. And uh, and I think um, you know, I think with uh, Marquis, it, it, it psychologically, I think perhaps it would have been best for him if he uh, had made the new start, the fresh start at Gillingham. But uh, while he's here, I think we just got to get behind him and hope that uh, uh, that it will it will come good. But if we, you know. Without Gregory and O'Brien, we look desperately, um, you know, thin up. Lightweight, I mean, yeah. Phil Pott came on. I like him. It's a good movement on, at, at Wimbledon. And you thought, you know, he could develop into something. Pavey came on in both games. He's got a bit of physical presence. But, you know, if we're going to rely on uh, players that inexperienced in League One, I think we're going to have a bit of a sharp wake-up call, um, you know. I thought Ben May and uh, Marvin Williams were going to set the division alight when we got uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, last time. But, you know, it's, there's lots of clubs with promising young players uh, who uh, we're just going to, you know, it's, uh, we, we've got to sort of not have any sense of entitlement and, uh, and be a bit more realistic. And I think that means building, uh, getting a couple of older heads into the squad. One tweet that you posted, I think it was at the, uh, the Bromley game, it might have been Bromley or maybe Wimbledon, but you said that we may get bullied in this division, we look a little bit um, yep, young yeah. and a little bit light, you know. It was in the, uh, in the Wimbledon game, right. uh, I, it was just after actually O'Brien had, uh, had, um, had uh, done, his, uh, done, his, done his ankle in. Um, and uh, and and there were the tackles were flying in, and we just looked a little bit shaken up by it. We were backing off, and you could see a couple of the younger players looking a bit worried by it all. Really, yeah. Um, I think we need a bit of a nasty old bastard, particularly in midfield, just to sort of pull things together. And uh, you know, a bit, bit. We can't just rely on Tony Craig for, for for that. We need a bit more experience in there, in my view. No, but you, you took me to straight to nasty old bastards there with Tony Craig coming back into the team. I mean, obviously he's been brought back for that very purpose. Scored a cracking goal at Bromley, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Only I one problem with it. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the bus going home. I missed it, Nelson's on Saturday, so uh, cracking starts the season. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, he, he, he's looked a bit rusty, to be honest, but I wouldn't make any judgments um, on no. that yet. Uh, uh, I think he was a good signing myself. I know there's a bit of a... A mixed view on that, but I, I think he's exactly the type of player we need in uh, League One. Well, again, I mean, it's, it's a bit of the John Marquis syndrome, I think. I mean, you know, our, our own players seem to divide opinion like no other, don't they? I mean, Craig is a Millwall fan. He's, he, you know, he wants to play for the club, and yes, he has his limitations. We know about that, but you know, he will give hundred percent, James, won't he? He will, and I, you know, I talked to a, I met a couple of Brentford uh, fans over the um, over the summer, and they and they said, you look, he wasn't really up to the Championship, no. but he was he was bloody good in Division One, and he was an absolute key to them um, getting promoted. And so, for me, you know, if we didn't have the history with uh, Craig, we'd be we'd be really excited about signing him. Yeah, it's only because of the uh, past history that some people, I think, sort of hold that against him. The Millwall baggage, the Millwall baggage. Um, I'm not sure what we can read into both of these results, if if anything, really, James. I mean, friendlies are workouts at best, aren't they? And you know, reading the the team reports, we've tried every variation. No, we've seen lots of 
players uh, come on, and I suppose, you know, I'm uh, I'm not going to be able to uh, make the Stevenage game, but um, you know, I suppose by the Stevenage game, you're expecting to start to see the uh, the starting eleven emerge, really, and uh, and and then you know, just a, a final dress rehearsal with that um, Portuguese team coming down the den just before the start of the season. But, yeah, yeah. It's been, a, I think, it's been a bit of a disappointing close season, if I'm honest. Um, and Nick, you know, I, I thought that uh, I expected us, to, you know, to have to cut our cloth and all of those sort of cliches. But uh, you know, at the beginning of the close season, um, you know, the club were talking about bringing in four or five new players to bolster the squad. Then that dropped to one or two. Um, then um, you know, we 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 failed to, to land um, Hansen. Mm. Then there was a talk about and we we can get some thirty year olds in if they're the right thirty year olds. So you know, it's that worrying lack of sort of overall direction that seems to have been around for a couple of years now. It was interesting in the Bromley game. In one one name on the team sheet, they, someone posted the the handwritten team sheet pre game, and of course there was the uh, the dread name of Ben May for starting for Bromley. And the, the thought crossed me. I'm going to confess to you and all the listeners to this show. I thought actually it wouldn't be a bad, you know in the absence of anyone else <laughs> stick Ben up front aim at him uh, <laughs> use him for what he's good for uh, yes he, he didn't set the world alight I don't think uh, well, he never you know, did he never did Ben's career has gone from strength to strength <laughs> yeah, so, that career at B&Q beckons for him I think <laughs> oh well but, um, I mean the other worrying thing for me is um, getting rid of Mick Harford in the middle of the uh, pre-season uh, you know I, I, I was never convinced for him as a sort of chief scout no. but uh, Getting rid of your chief scout halfway through the um, close season suggests uh, doesn't really suggest forward planning. Really, um, no. I can't imagine they would have thought you know found he wasn't up to the job overnight. We're not known for our forward planning, James, are we? Um, but you're right. I mean, we've brought in Terry Bullivant as chief scout, and, and the scouting at the club over the last few years has been, well, poor, let's say the least. But um, it sounds like this Chris Twardek may may show something. So perhaps who knows? You know what what may come from that. Are you no, for- I think there's lots of. I think that. I mean, it's, it's. It's as I say, you can't read anything into the results, and I think we've got a lot of very good young players. I think that um, clearly we've taken the academy much more seriously over the last couple of years than before, and I think that you know, on balance, when you look at if we've got a very fit, you know, squad, then um, you know, I think we'll 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 be up there. We'll be competing. My worry is that we haven't got enough older heads in. And, you know, we're going to get little rashes of injuries, like, you know, with a Gregory and O'Brien yeah, out. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we just we just haven't got the bodies in at the moment. We need at least um, two or three more, in my, my view. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, James. That's a fantastic report. I think a fair summary of where we're at at the moment. This show's going to go out um, for, as a pre-season preview. So um, that'll be after the Tondela game. And we'll see what, uh, where we stand at that stage. So really appreciate your time, mate. Achtung, Mehlball. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. The long, hot summer is over. We're back at the Den, listeners. Back for the international visit. Champions League football, indeed, of Portuguese side CD Tondela. From somewhere in the mid-part of Portugal, I believe, having had that little bit of a, little bit of a read of Wikipedia prior to the game. Lions just come out on the pitch, um, dressed in their new away kit. We're going to do a little bit of a check-in as the game goes along. We're not going to do the full Monty of the commentary. It's a friendly for crying out loud. What do you want? I'm here. Aren't I? And that enough for you? We'll be back later on in the game. I'll let you know how this friendly match progresses. Achtung, Mehlball. Tondela wearing a very nasty kit, reminiscent of the old uh, West Brom away kit of the mid 70s. And the older listeners will remember that. Green and yellow stripes, green shorts, green stockings. 
Millwall, of course, in their brand new white shirts with a single blue stripe. Dark blue shorts, white socks, stockings, socks. What do you call them? Stockings or socks? Socks, white socks. So we got in today's lineup, listeners. As you can hear, the atmosphere can you could you could hear a pin drop within the den at the moment. Um, we've got folding goal. Looks like Beavers playing in left back. That's Tony Gray, clearly. I'm wearing the familiar number five. Uh, who's that next to him? That's uh, oh, what's his face? The Yeovil player, Webster Byron Webster. Couldn't think of his fucking name. Cummings, Sean Cummings, over on the right hand side, and across the middle, who do we have? Ed Upson in the middle, Sean Williams, Fred. Fred starts today, first time I've seen him for a while. And is that Lee Martin? Up front, we've got John Marquis and Lee Gregory. So let's see just how lightweight we look with that forward line, listeners. Last Portuguese opposition I saw down there, of course, was famously was um, sporting Lisbon on opening night for the stadium itself back in 1993. I think the uh, Labour leader, John Smith, opened the stadium for us that night. And it was a great atmosphere. The place was packed to the rafters. 18,000 people within the stadium. I couldn't believe what I saw, if I'm going to be really honest with you listeners, because we come from Coldwell Lane. We constructed a brand new stadium. First one built in London since uh, the First World War or some such. And it just took my breath away to actually come in. It seems strange now that you, you know, as I said at the start of this little piece, that we're, uh, we're back after the summer break and the place so familiar. But that night um, still lives in one of my memories, one of the great memories of following our club, our beloved club. Today, unfortunately, the, um, <laughs> there's a few down at the Coldblow Lane end, dotted around in the higher uh, ranks of, of that end, and the barricade in the stands dotted about. There's, there's really no one, no one here. So if there's a couple of thousand people in here, I'd be surprised. Probably 1,000 something. Yeah, so just did a little bit of reading up about CD Tondela. La CD, obviously, Club Deportivo, I'd imagine, in uh, Portuguese. Sporting Club Tondela, a second division champions last season, a club that spent most of its uh, career since 1930s as um, village football and lower league Portuguese uh, Division 2, 3 and below. And last season they, they won the second division championship. They're going to be playing in the Portuguese Premier League or Super League or whatever the term is for that, that nation's uh, top flight. And so far uh, they look like they've knocked the ball around quite well. Um, it's been a quiet opening. Just a few minutes gone in the game. Nothing much to report. Five minutes gone. Mill just going to go down. Basic free kick from the right-hand side of the pitch by the Portuguese player. Evaded the entirety of our defence. But bubble pass David Ford for the softest of soft goals. Nil one to CD Tondela. We're coming up for the ninth minute of the game. Mill goal down from that soft, soft, soft free kick from CD Tondela. We just had our first couple of attacks. Couple down the wing. Uh, Marcus and Lee Martin just interchanged a little bit, looked worried with each other and then the ball was floated across harmlessly. Portuguese on the attack again, listeners, probably about 10 minutes into the game, dispossessed casually enough in defence, apart from that softy goal. The ball has been down there at the middle end a lot since the start of the game uh, and not too often up at the CD Tondela end, um, but otherwise there's not a huge amount to report. 10 minutes. Then it comes from the Portuguese right, it's into the mill box, another dangerous looking cross in. We do look a little bit vulnerable to the old decent cross, but here we come on the break. There's Lee Martin coming away, plays it wide as Fred. Fred jinx is mad, he's through, he's just on the edge of the penalty area, he's still going. Nicely done, Fred, on your Denmark. Beautifully put away by Fred, El Fred. That was actually a very nicely worked goal. Breakout from defence, play through to Fred. I thought we'd taken it slightly too far as he came through, but he kept control 
chip the goalkeeper for one each. Fantastic work by Fred. 2-1 to the Portuguese. Um, soft work again by David Ford. A little bit of individual skill on the edge of the mill penalty area and the Portuguese player slots it into the right-hand lower corner. 1-2, one, 2-1 two. Two, down now, Mill. 15 minutes on the clock, three goals. God alone knows what's going to become of us in League One, listeners. Keep your fingers crossed. 19 minutes gone, and all the aimlessness of the classic pre-season friendly. This is why I never come to these things, listeners. But I do it for you. This is why I'm here. I'm here for you. Uh, game was drifting along, I suppose. Um, CD Dondella, by far the, the, the better organised and stronger side. Um, when we'll break, lots of um, kind of headless running around slightly. Good goal by Fred earlier on, but no real end purpose at the moment. We do look a little bit light, as other listeners, as other reporters previously would have said. Hang on, here comes John Marquis. I'll take it all back. He's going down the right-hand side. He's got a chance to cross it in towards Lee Gregory, who tries to back heel it in. And misses spectacularly, and it's run away by the green and yellow shirted defenders. So, going up for 20 minutes, turned out the 2 0 1, and so far we're not showing a huge amount, it's going to have to be said. Um, the Portuguese Tondela side pass the ball very, very snappily. They move the ball quite well, quite quickly to the feet, and they get their men forward. Mill trying to, trying their hardest to, lots of effort going in, but not an awful lot of purpose or end product. 22 minutes gone, 23 coming up. 26 minutes, in comes a cross from Sean Williams. Punched clear in rather a fey camp style by the all-red-dressed Portuguese goalkeeper. But he's cleared it, however fey and however camp it might have looked. A little bit like Larry Grayson used to on uh, shut, the, shut That Door, the old... Um, it was a sketch show, was it, listeners? Or was it a quiz show? I can't remember. It was some kind of... He had a kind of a Shut That Door um, riff, didn't he? And he would do like a slightly... Uh, packed down with his hand and that was how that Portuguese goalkeeper just cleared the ball but effectively must be said 35 minutes another middle corner Sean Williams now takes in front of me another poor corner it's flipped away from the near post Fred picks up and fires an impossible pass at Lee Martin. Um, what can we say about what we've seen so far? I mean, for me, I think the defenders looks fragile. That's defence. It's named them. He's Beavers at the strange um, concept of Beavers at left back. In the middle, you've got Tony Craig and Byron Webster. I read, read in the summertime that Webster still has a future at the Den. Well, if he's got a future at the Den, this is the thing I might bring my boots next time. I think I might have half a chance as well. And over on the far side, Sean Cummings, who as ever looks um, neither brilliant nor bad to me. Um, as a unit and with Ford looking quite sluggish in goal, I think we've looked a little bit iffy in defence. Uh, the Portuguese have looked quite sharp and nippy so far. They, they don't look a bad side at all. Midfield's been alright. Um, nothing marvellous, but okay. Up front, we've had Gregory and Marquis. Um, I want Marquis to do well. I really wish he would do well, but you got to say it, he don't look like he's got the the oomph in a Millwall shirt. He'd done well at Gillingham last season. Um, how? Why? What? When? I don't know. Um, but today, he looks like the old John Marquis that we waved off down the M2. Um, so, let, I don't know. Does he have a future here? He's here for a year, so we've got to hope he finds some form, but at the moment, it's hard to see where it is. Marquis on the attack. He gets blocked by three men. He draws a free kick. He's, he's getting buffeted, John Marquis. He's putting the effort in. I don't want to sound like I'm just slating him for no reason. Um, I'm aware that he, he, he has a he divides opinion, shall we say. 
Um, but he's certainly putting the effort in. It's just the quality of what we're seeing that's going to be the issue. But I guess we're in League One, third division. So to a certain extent, quality is, um, is not going to be on the highest on our list of uh, priorities. So anyway, free kick just on the corner, just about a yard short of the corner of the left-hand side of the Tondela penalty area. It's going to be Lee Martin stands over it. Referee's got his shaving foam out, kit out on the, on the pitch. Don't mess up that grass, you slag. Goal before half-time will be nice listeners. It's been a bit of a drifty old half of football, mostly. In it comes from Lee Martin. It's fucked in. It's got in. Who's that? It's Sean Williams. From a set piece, I suppose, you've got to say. Quite nicely put away from near. Overexcited announcer announces it's to each. I hope it's a lot. I hope they wouldn't give any time allowed in uh, friendly football for listeners, but they do, clearly. To each. Good stuff. There's a half-time break, listeners, in a very much a friendly half of football. Uh, to all at the break, um, whether we'll see that side, mill side start again in the second half, I don't know. I, I think there's value in changing up a little bit. I'm not really not sure about that defensive line of uh, Cummings. Webster doesn't look um, up to the mark. Craig is Craig. And Beavers in left-back, I, I raise serious question marks over. Any road, two each, it finishes at the half. And we shall see what the second half brings forth, shan't we? Achtung, Mehlball. So, just waiting for the second half to get going, listeners, in the quiet repose of the den. Away we go. Same 11 that finished the first half have started the second, which surprises me, listeners. I would have thought we made a few changes because I felt that we looked a little bit like um, we're still in holiday mode at times in that first half, but then maybe that's in the nature of the, the game, I suppose. But I would have thought to have seen a few new faces for the second. Nice take and turn by John Marquis, just um, about five minutes into the second half. He's run it into a channel and gone nowhere slightly, but it was actually quite a nice take from a long punt forwards, and then he turned his man... Um, quite nippily. Um, I'm, am I grasping at straws? I don't know. I think I am, aren't I? I'm grasping at straws. Anyway, it's nice. He looked good. So coming up for 60 minutes, listeners. Um, still the same side that um, got through the first half and started the second. No substitutions for Millwall yet, anyway. Um, what can we say? Game very much a friendly now. Um, whenever anyone does show any fire or spark or whatever you want to call it, um, it's almost like there's a moment where you realise it's just a friendly, so don't go too far. Just pull your punches, so to speak. Um, pretty much even stuff. I'd still put the Portuguese as the better side, if we're going to be brutally honest. Uh, Millwall showing a bit more... Verve going forwards, but nothing too dangerous and no real clear-cut chances for the Lions. So very, very friendly, very friendly. That's 3-2 now to Sondela, um, 65 minutes. No offside given. We seem to be drawing endless offsides going forwards. That was just a, a long cross into the into the box and headed home from close range. Not a Millwall defender in sight and the... Number seven, Suarez, I think his name is, is celebrating that he's just won the World Cup. Um, as it was a simple nod in from close range. So it's Mill two, CD Tondela three. We'll be living up, we don't look so bad, listeners. We just had a close range uh, shot put wide after the ball's bobbling around inside the Tondela penalty area. And again, now we're on the attack, got a free kick just inside the Tondela half. So let's stay with this and see what happens, shall we? Pumped forwards, aiming at Webster. There's Lee Martin from wide, he puts it, uh, shoots kind of bobbling wide, no danger there. Play corner for CD Tondela, coming up for about 12, 13 minutes to go. 
They looked um, the more dangerous side today, I felt. Cabriz, number seven, down in front of me here. We're going to take the, the corner and pump it into the middle penalty area, and I dare say they wouldn't mind a fourth. Why not, from their point of view? They look capable. In it comes, and four catches. Two cheers of irony, as you can hear. Distribution's awful. Straight back to Tondela. One thing has struck me, listeners, as we come into the final um, six, seven minutes or so of this match, is Harris has stuck with this, largely stuck with this lineup through the whole game. We've had one substitution, Lee Martin for Paris Cowan Hall, otherwise it's the same. Uh, players that's began the game as are pretty much close to finishing it. So is this the presumed starting eleven for Shrewsbury? I worry if it is. I do worry if it is. I, I haven't seen enough Pep and Vim and Verve today to make me think that we're going to go to Shrewsbury and get something. Um, but you'd think one week before you know, the opening football league fixture of the season, that that would be uh, your starting eleven. In which case, um, get your rabbit's foot out, get your get your lucky heather together, and whatever else. Uh, maybe pray to Our Lady of Lords on the shrine of our Fatima or whatever it is, and hope for some gold, because I can't see it at the moment. Really, really can't see it. Still 3-2, probably a couple of minutes left on the clock, and the game is uh, probably run away from me all now. Um, what can we draw from this this performance? I think that I think what we can draw is that we won't maybe play another team with such uh, delicate touch as Tondela shown at times today in League One. Um, we have to hope and pray we're going to get some goals because I, I can't see it at the moment based on what today's showing has, has produced. But that said, uh, midfield we've certainly looked solid. Defensively, I worry. Um, up front, I worry. That's two worries out of three. I worry. That's your lot, listeners. That's your, your, your hors d'oeuvre for the season. Your, your tasty little starter. Um, it hasn't got your juices flowing. I don't know what will do. Mill 2, CD Tondela, Portugal 3. Um, we've probably said most of the about uh, game during the course of it. It was, it was a very much a workout for, uh, for the season ahead. Let's hope for better days as the season starts next Saturday at Shrewsbury Town FC. Achtung, Mehlball. So there we are, Craig. It's been an indifferent kind of start. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you feel about friendly matches. I, I, I despise them personally. Uh, I think, I think they, they, they're necessary in terms of the, the like Harris's team need them. But in terms of the reaction and the what we have to deal with after we have them, in terms of you know we we draw two all with Bromley and all of a sudden we've got to fold the club and might as well start again. Um, uh, well, yeah, they're probably unnecessary for, for for the fans' point of view. I'd prefer more behind closed doors events. I sometimes we wonder why do we don't do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I mean, as as a as a viewing spectacle, I mean, I, I went down there much against my better judgment yesterday, purely for the show, listeners. If you're, mm. you, know, you know, this is this is the cross which we bear to bring you your entertainment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was an odd odd event, and I, I find friendlies as a concept quite odd because just as soon as the game started to get going yesterday, just as soon any you know there was a couple of tackles that flew in at certain points and. Just at that moment, it's almost like there's a sudden realization. Hang on, it's only a friendly, Craig. Let's take it back down again because we don't want to get injured and hurt. You know. Yeah, well, friendlies used to be. Uh, I always saw them. When, you know, 
when I was growing up and watching football, uh, watching Mill, it was a, it was a spectacle. I remember playing sort of bigger teams. You know, you play a Premiership team. You play. Mm. We, I remember when we humped uh, Palace for one or something like that, and yeah. cost Steve Coppel his job at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and we don't seem for whatever reason, and no one's, no one can pinpoint when it happened. But now everyone's saying that no one wants to play us all of a sudden. Yeah, um, I, I find that an interesting thing. I mean, we, we seem to now, we've gone away from the touring idea. We used to tour places like Scotland and Ireland, particularly, which was quite popular with fans. I don't know if maybe it was just the, the idea of a, you know, a, a pissed up travelling support on a summer's day in some serene Irish village causing mayhem or something. I don't know. Um, I don't. I never got a sense there was that much that went on on these, on these trips. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what because the the clubs appeal in order to make a little bit of extra money. That's what I thought these sort of the the bigger friendlies were for. Obviously, CD Tondela. Hearing your your chat uh, yeah. yesterday was sounds like we had less than a thousand or or a couple of thousand at least. I'd be surprised if it's more than a couple of thousand in there. I mean, it's hard to tell because obviously the when you're in the same stand, you know, you can't look along and see it. But absolutely. CBLM was sparse. Um, you know, it, it, it may have been two thousand. I, I don't know, but you know, as as a as, as a as an event, no, it, it lacked. <laughs> it was peculiar. Mm. It lacked something. Part of it is the drop off uh, because all these Premiership teams, all the all the big teams, are now doing their their tours and playing essentially these mini Champions League tournaments in far flung uh, Asian countries. Um, and yeah. Yeah, Middle Eastern countries is that the opportunity for teams like Millwall or, or, or other lower league teams to play against them um, is becoming more and more sparse. So if it's essentially what's happening is we are now the giants who are giving Bromley and AFC Wimbledon a day out instead. I kind of got that sense from the Bromley report that James did. I mean, it, you're right. It's almost like an FA Cup tie from, Brom, from Bromley's perspective. Mm. And I get a sense that their tackles were crunching in, whereas our boys were still trying to, you know, uh, just, just get out of the summer the summer stiffness, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is odd. I mean, the last big friendly I recall, I suppose, was when Spurs came down a few years ago, didn't they? Mm. And I think that turned into a bit of a security nightmare. And I think possibly that was the death of the... The, the friendly era at that Millwall, you know, um, yeah. that was that. Um, but you're right, we, we don't seem to play anyone, um, no disrespect to C.D. Tondela, actually. I, you know, having um, having bothered to go down there yesterday, I, I thought they actually weren't a bad side. Um, I I had to look them up. I didn't know they were. No. I, I looked them up yesterday when I saw we were playing them and saw that they had been promoted to the Premiership Division of Portugal, which, you know, is no, uh, no laughing matter. I know, I know some of these... Um, countries, their second division is akin to village football, and then their Premiership. They've got about two teams that are any good, but um, no, I, I think from the sounds of their their, their style of play, they, they're very much of that sort of uh, Spanish um, Portuguese mentality, and 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 play quite well. Yeah, I mean they've come. You know, I think I mentioned it in the um, in the recorded piece. They've come from that level, village football. That's how they've started out. Mm. I hadn't heard of them like like most of us. I don't think. But they, from what I saw of them yesterday, I mean they they're, they're clearly preparing themselves to play in a league that you could say is in the the second division of European leagues. I suppose it's not you know it's not in the same level as the the, the big uh, the big four or five or whatever number it is, but. Certainly, the Portuguese top division, Super League, or whatever they call it out there, is is, is not going to be a place for any slouch teams, and they they seem to be gearing up to, you know, do their level best at that level. So I, I thought it was actually quite an interesting test. 
of Millwall anyway, and I'm not sure that we completely passed that test, to be absolutely honest. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think that the thing that people will have to realise slowly, possibly, is that that was a, like you said, a, a second-tier European League team yeah. against a third-division uh English team. That's that's what we are. We are we are now a third division. Whether we were in the championship last year or not, we deserve to be where we are over the course of the season. So, you know, we are. Will we? Are we expected to be a Premiership Portuguese team being a third division English English team? I don't know if we were. I don't know. I guess in the reality of it, just because yeah, no, we haven't just because we haven't heard of them. You're right. Um, but it is that is that we haven't heard of you factor. Therefore, you must be useless, and we are. Hmm. The, the famous Millwall, and therefore we should turn you over at the den. But, um, I, you know, I, I think this is a, it's a mindset in some ways that's a danger for us for the season ahead because, you know, I think the point has been made a few times on the message balls that we are, you're right, we're in League One. We are a relatively big fish in that division. I was I was just looking at who our main rivals might be in, in the league and, you know, the biggest teams, I suppose, you've got in terms of stadium sizes anyway, Sheffield United, Coventry, Wigan, Bradford and Barnsley. Um, I suppose you'd have to put us in that kind of, what's that, five, six teams there as, as, as bigger fish in, in, the, in the league. But it'll be a danger if we think that we're going to boss every every game that we're going to come up, up against uh-huh. next season. And all of those teams, all those big rivalries are premiership era, post uh, uh, pre, pre, uh, uh, old premiership teams. Yeah. All of them have played in the Premier League. We're, we're the only one of that big group who have never played in the Premier League as it has been the Premier League. Totally. I mean, I, I you know, it was an interesting lineup yesterday as well. I mean, for, I, I, I suppose I'd parked up outside the den expecting to see some new youthful era, you know, that the kids are going to save us, aren't they? And um, actually, the, the, the lineup, apart from the likes of Fred, I suppose, and um, I suppose to a degree, John Mark was coming back up front. Um, it was actually looked quite a familiar lineup from the end of last season, one that didn't serve us particularly well under the uh, the mismanagement of Holloway last year. Yeah, I actually um, commented on that. I, I, I had to look back at the other lineups we'd had, um, and I, I wondered if if the danger is Harris isn't going to deliver on his on his promise about it being a, a youthful team, about us investing in youth, because that back four does not inspire any any sort of. No, um, um, I mean, you've got Fred in midfield, and everyone, you know, everyone loved that. And when when we had Aiden up front, so at least at every level, um, we had that youthful aspect that you could sort of get behind and believe in. But taking Sid Nelson and putting um, Webster in, I'm not saying Webster's a terrible player. I think he got a really bad um, time of it last year and was was quite unlucky in the team he was in, the manager he was in. Um, and sort of the games he was played in, where he he was in he was in most of the games we were we played three at the back. So, yeah. um, but I just think that was a that was a very uninspiring um, back four. I mean, the back in four terms was of the Wolf. problem. I mean, it was a yeah. problem yesterday. We can't. Yeah. And I think even Harris in his post match comments, I, I just copied one there where he said we shouldn't have conceded three goals and. He's correct, actually, because if we'd have, um, had, if that defence had been tighter, I mean, the the first goal was as soft as uh, I think I, I, I termed it, Mister Whippy's ice cream, because it was it was mm. just a, basically a punt into the box, which evaded the the, the so called defence and, and trickled past folding goal for the opener, one nil down. I think it was about five minutes or so. Um, and as a unit, no, I mean it was you know folding in goal. I used the expression a couple of times that he's phoned in his performance. He didn't look interested. 
and for me he didn't look interested um i'm kind of surprised that he's still here craig in in some respects after the summertime of speculation on him moving on yeah i did i i mean i thought if he wanted to leave he'd made a, he'd, he'd make a few more noises and i wonder if no one's interested in him i, I wonder i yeah. wonder if i wonder if last year people saw some of his performances and thought oh actually you know a a a better keeper might have done a bit more to help him stay up yeah um because I don't, I think he he had some performances last year where he kept us in a few games and he played outstanding. But he did have a few again um, where he, you know, long shots, speculative shots got by him, yeah. and some of his positioning wasn't great for free kicks and stuff like that. So um, I think he might be in danger. He he has to play like the best keeper in the league this yeah. year. Yeah, and if he if he can't stay at that level, then we need to put in. Jordan Archer, or possibly look around for someone else. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, for an international level goalkeeper, uh, Republic of Ireland goalkeeper, he makes a huge number of errors, and I do think that that counts against you when you're talking. You know, Fulham were the rumoured club supposed to be interested in David Ford, and they they clearly haven't made a pitch for him. Um, so here he is. He's still here, and I, I, I thought he could have done a lot better on the on the first goal yesterday, which was just simple stuff. The second goal, um, as I recall it, had a little bit more skill from the Portuguese striker. He, he worked some space and got a shot on goal. It wasn't particularly powerful, but he, again, I, yeah. I still say Ford should have got down to that, you know, yeah. in his heyday, in his pomp. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the defence and Ford go hand in hand, don't they? I, I, that back line did not inspire me one little bit, as you say rightly. Um, Beaver's out of position at left back. Um I don't know. Um, I, I, in some respects, I'd have put probably Craig in that position. He's, Craig looks small in the centre to me. Yeah, that, that's that's one thing I, I'm not enjoying at the start of pre-season. If we're starting our season putting players out of position, yeah, and they and they already look uncomfortable. That <laughs> that that doesn't beckon for a, a good omen. I think for the rest of the year, it's. No. I don't think we've discovered the brand new Robbie Ryan in uh, Mark Beavers all of a sudden. I'll bring him um, back. I mean, even though he's working in the underground, I wonder if he's, uh, he's still <laughs> exactly. available. Webster well, he's probably looks, getting paid better in the underground yeah, now. He probably is. <laughs> Webster looked a little bit out of his depth. I, 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 I'm not convinced by Byron. Um, I, I have to say, I don't like to slate the player this early in the season. I don't like to slag a player at any stage, but I'm, I'm really not sure about him, Craig. I, I, I think that, um, you know, it's a rumour to have a future at the club, but um, I, I can't see it based on on yesterday's showing. Yeah, I. It, it's not even. I mean, he, he, if he's if he's a confidence player, then he's got none of that because Holloway certainly would have stripped all of that away last year. Yeah. Um. So there's that aspect to it, but has he done anything that puts him above Sid in the pecking order? When Sid would at least, you know, yeah, Holl- Holloway knew at least Sid would bring the crowd on side. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't um, a day for passion yesterday. I mean, again, yeah. Craig, Craig's a passion player. Maybe you don't want two passion players in central defence. And, you know, a, a Craig and Nelson central defence will certainly um, get up and under them. But how many red cards and yellow cards that will draw is... Um, we could almost open a book on, couldn't we? Maybe we should do that as, a, <laughs> as, a, as an Achtung Mill competition. You know, the red card and yellow card steeplechase. Um, so possibly that. I, I, I didn't like the look of um, Webster yesterday. But I might be doing him a disservice. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't see enough there yesterday to start him at Shrewsbury. 
Um, Cummings, again, I've dug out an old expression. I don't know where it came from. I was just doing some notes before the show, listeners. I've written com C, com so. I don't know where the fuck that's come from out of my head. But um, so, 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 so is probably the better. I don't know why I've written that. But um, yeah, I mean, he never looks bad. He never looks brilliant to me, Cummings. So um, I guess we could do worse. Uh, Yeah, well, apparently we had um, Edwards playing in a behind closed doors friendly. Uh, in the week, so I don't know if that is hinting towards the fact that he will be in contention and maybe he will play as much as he can, and Cummings will fill in the rest of the uh, rest of the season at that position. Well, that would be good news if Carlos is anything close mm. to his, you know, his, his, his the, the form that we saw when he was fit for us last season. I do worry how uh, how long he can continue at that age and at this level, but uh, you know, we will we will see. Midfield wasn't. Bad. It wasn't brilliant, Craig. It wasn't. It was all right. Um, the the question mark over the Williams and Upson central pairing is is the thing. I um I've noticed online Williams is rumored to be uh, I don't know, you know unhappy at the club. I, I'm not sure how how much of this is just um summertime silly season stuff. But I, 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 he didn't do bad. He scored a nice close range header yesterday. Whether yeah. the, whether Upson Williams makes a pairing in midfield, I'm, again I'm not convinced. There wasn't a huge amount of energy going on there. No, I think. That all started. That that Williams thing started from a tweet where he said someone was up Jack Powell's ass or something. something about um, and all of a sudden, that's it. He he wants out of the club. He's he's <laughs> you know. We, we I don't know. Sometimes we can we can give it out. We can dish it out, but we can't take a bit of you know yeah. sort of bit of it back. But yeah, there we are. Um, well, Harris Harris name checked him after the game. And yeah, I, I, for me, he, he didn't do brilliantly. He didn't do badly. It was it was an okay midfield performance. Upson, I thought, was a little bit more anonymous in midfield. Um, Lee Martin, some were rating as um, you know, man of the match. He didn't he didn't strike me to that extent. But again, he did okay. Um, My wonder with Lee Martin is why he's there at all. He didn't. Fe- I don't think he featured at all in in Harris's last few games, and I just assumed. He was gone. I just assumed he would be one of those players that was released, um, yeah. and then he's turned up in the last couple of games. Um, yeah, instead of Paris Cowan Hall as our as our as our foil on the left, and I, I'm, you do again, guess, it's, it's I'm, odd. I mean, you know, the, the, just like in, Groundhog Day. Yeah, just to, I mean, Fred stood out. In uh, I, I thought he was our man of the match. He, he took a very very nice um, equalising goal. Mm. And he's full of energy, he's full of running, and you just wonder how long it'll be before someone comes sniffing after him because he does look good. Um, I, I've given it the January transfer window and notes here before someone <laughs> wants, wants a slice of Fred. Um, he, he, he was certainly a man of the match for me yesterday. Um, up front, well, what can we say? I mean, John Marquis, I, I, I almost so desperately want John to succeed, Craig. I, I don't know why. It's it's like um, it's the heart overruling the head, I think, to an extent. I know that he cares, and I want to see that that emotion rewarded. But he, he looked out of out of um, out of place yesterday. I thought he didn't look like he had the, the touch. Yeah, well, it's quite concerning listening to James's piece about um, him getting a bit of abuse pretty much straight away. Yeah. Uh, in the in the first two games, and his head dipping a bit. Yeah. Um, that would have always been his fear. I mean, if I was Marquis, that would have been my fear. That okay, I've I've just you know put away well, you know one one goal in two games at Gillingham. If I come back to Millwall, am I going to get the same abuse? Almost, Lo and behold, almost certainly he will do. I um, mean, maybe that's his you know maybe more for him because he should have known. But um, yeah, yeah, I think we I, I, I think, think he could do with a goal. 
could... straight away. He could do with a very early goal uh, against maybe Shrewsbury or one of in one of the first three games. I think he could do with a with a goal or two to get to get the monkeys off his back. He's a physical player. I mean, I, I think the danger for John Marquis is that if if he doesn't get the take the chances early, and there was a couple of opportunities for him yesterday where. He was put through. I remember early in the fir- the first half, he had a, and then he kind of touched it um, and a yard too far, overran it, and the goalkeeper squeezed him out right, mm. and that was a chance gone. A, a more clinical striker would have, like Fred, actually had a similar opportunity and buried it, and John yeah. overran it. Um, and then there was one in the second half. I remember where again he had an opportunity. I think I commented in the piece, and he should have buried it there, and he didn't. And these things, I think. Drag him down. The crowd clearly get on his back because he's Mill- yeah. he's a Millwall fan. So, you know, as we said earlier, you, you slate your own, don't you? Yeah. Well, there's no chat about Gregory. There's no. There's no. Yeah. I've not. And and he has. I mean, at least Marquis has scored a penalty in yeah. preseason. But Gregory's, as far as I know, has been relatively anonymous, at least from the reports I've seen. Um, O'Brien has seems to have been the starlet, and um, a couple of these other youth players like Ben Thompson and. Um, Jamie Philpot and this Chris Twardek, they seem to have been, if of all the names that I've heard about us playing in preseason, they're the names that come up as yeah. being sort of the exciting factor. But no, I haven't heard anything about Lee Gregory, but we seem to focus on, you know, if Marquis doesn't do as well, it seems to be 10 times worse than if Gregory is not doing as well. I mean, classically, we, we need a boo boy at Millwall and we need them preferably to have come from our own supporting ranks because you're supposed to care 10 times more than anyone else yeah. and give it 130%, 50%, whatever it is. Um, no, Gregory was anonymous yesterday, I think. I, I can't think of a better word for him. I mean, it, 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 it took me to the next point on the agenda, this search for a striker. And I, I don't know why, but I've written down the search for Spock, the old um, Star Trek movie. <laughs> yeah. where I've got an image of the, um, our perfect striker's atoms being scattered across the universe, and we've got to go and collect them somehow by some science fiction method. Um, I, I don't know. We, we didn't look dangerous yesterday at all. No no presence in the box, and that is we, we're crying out for. I think if we'd have had someone up front that would have got involved a little bit more in the, in, on the Portuguese back line, then uh, we might have had a chance of scoring more. But um, there we are. That's the holy grail that we're searching for, Craig, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not surprised, but I'm still a bit disappointed with the, the lack of acquisitions in, in the summer. Um, I know we set up this new um, recruitment department, shall we say? Recruitment uh, machine. The recruitment machine. machine. <laughs> this, this, this sort of, this sort of money ball esque. Uh, <laughs> Alex Aldrich. Um, yeah. Some other guy. <laughs> Alex Aldrich led team of of, um, yeah, super player finders or someone that's got. But yeah. and and and, and I, that will take time. That will take you know at least a season, probably to 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 bear fruit. Still, surely we should have had some names ready. We should, if we are one of the big hitters of the season. And it seems to be that, as much as all the all the um, all the talk from Ambler and uh, all the heads are all, they always say the right stuff. We've got money, yeah. you know. We've cut the wage bill by whatever it is, four billion or something like that, because we've been paying too much. Um, we still can't seem to get get a player above. Now, whether we're, we we just don't rate players enough to spend the money to spend two hundred and fifty thousand, three hundred thousand on a player, or whether we're just not willing to, it, I don't know. But it, it's a common theme, and I think, I think, the day that Mill do spend a million on a player is probably the day that I walk away from football because it just won't be the same anymore. 
we we clearly broke. I mean, I, I don't. I, we, it reminds me of one of these these people that get made redundant and still keep getting in the tube into into the office and sitting Costa Coffee for the day and then come home again. You know, yeah, I was looking around the stadium yesterday. It has a slightly faded look now, and um, I think Lord Kitchener on online. On the, on the House of Fun made the same point that the the, the stadium the, the the scoreboard's still missing. It's like having a it's like having a, a one a once beautiful model of a now she hasn't got one front tooth and you know that the whole <laughs> Brigitte Bardot or, you know that kind of idea that you know once there was there was the most uh, shaking beauty there now it's all falling apart. And I was looking at the roof. I don't know why. Maybe it was bored. I was looking at the roof and parts of the stuffing of the roof are coming out in places. Oh, and, and, you know, it's nothing 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 horrendous, but the place just has a slightly faded. Um, there are missing adverts, and I don't know. There's just it's a real sense that we've fallen down into the third tier, and it's almost like a non-leaguey type feeling in in, in places. I, I think we're clearly broke. Um, I, the, the, a lot of money has been you know pissed away in these last couple of years on on various follies, isn't it? Managerial and playing, and um, I think there is a sense that we're trying to make the best of the cloth that we have, rather than bring in some fancy new garment. Um, yeah, the, the 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 problem from it is that despite so we are essentially the grease of the, the football league of the really aren't we? I mean that is, but yeah. the, Every, the, everyone knows us, but we're broke. Yeah, and and similar to Greece is that the people running it don't seem to know, or that they seem to they seem to feel like oh no. It will be fine. We still have money. We can still <laughs> buy players or, or run a bank. And you just want them to say, "No, we've got nothing. That's it. That's all. That's all it is. We've got nothing. We've got no money. We can't do it. This is this is all we have." As opposed to just trying to give forth hope and pretending. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Neil Harris speaking to the uh, the Canary Wolf newspaper, the, the, one of the big um, one of the big uh, media outlets. The Canary Wolf newspaper said that fans can expect at least one new signing before the season starts. I think it was in the week. So I'm hoping that's a striker. Um, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that's going to be Steve Morrison on a season loan or some deal that brings him in. So we've got someone to to actually. Um, who knows what they're doing up front, especially in League One? But whether that will come to pass or not, I, I don't know. I can't think who else it might be for us, Craig. I, there well, there this was... is the other thing that, that Harris is is already is. is I don't know if it, they give you a, an induction handbook when you become manager that you have to <laughs> <coughs> you have to sort of say these things. Where he said at the start of the season, if he brings in loans, he wants to bring in young loans, developing loans, not yep. just old old timers as we have done um which is i think similar to what uh, holloway said at the start of last season similar to what jacket said at the start of um yeah. you know the the season of 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 rob hulse yeah. um and yet we seem to end up we get to this stage and we panic and we look at who's available and they might be over 30 or they might be over 35 and we think brilliant that'll plug a hole um and then Everyone is uh, well. Everyone, bar all the the fans in the stadium, are surprised when it doesn't work out, or when this lone player that we've just signed, um, who can't believe his actual luck that someone's paying him to play football uh, anymore, um, <laughs> turns up and isn't actually very good or doesn't really care. 
Well, uh, it reminds me of when, when, whenever I've played, I don't play championship manager very often, nor do I play it very well. But I know when you do a player search, you start off with all the attributes, which you set at 20 to try and get them. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then when there's no one that shows up on your player search, you, you, you kind of in stages reduce the points down until you get someone like Izali McLeod or somewhere where on the character front that starts at 20. And we're now down into the, you know, into the exactly. sevens on the character front. So mark my words, you heard it on this show first, but I can see Izali McLeod coming back at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, in terms, in terms of uh, um, championship manager, I think we have to we have to give an acknowledgement to Cherno Sambo, who I believe retired from football, um, who is possibly Millwall's best ever player, um, in that he's the most known player around the world because of championship manager. I think you um, could be right. I think you could be right. Um, we shall see. Pitch size is is pitch size important? I don't know. I didn't see much evidence of it making any difference to us yesterday, Craig. But we've. I've always pitch. I've always believed that it's not the size of the pitch; it's what you do with it. That's what Mrs. Griffin says anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's clearly we've clearly lengthened our our, our, our pitch size. Oh, this is a I don't know every 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 way we talk about this is going to have double entendres written to it now, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, pitch size. We, we've lengthened our pitch. Um, girth wise, I'm not sure if it's any wider, but um, I, I didn't really genuinely. I was looking for it yesterday to see if it made any difference to our style of play, and um, I'm not sure that it has made. Any any difference, better, worse, or indifferent? It just seems to be a slightly longer pitch, so I, I don't know about that. I think it's. I think it might be forward planning in that um, Harris is looking because obviously you're not you're not going uh, full out in in friendly games. I think Harris is looking for it to be a a bit of a, a bit of a boon towards the end of games in that we'll be so used to running up and down a big pitch um, <laughs> like headless chickens that, you know, the rest of league one will be worn out uh, doing the same by the time it comes to the end of the games. But then we seem to, he seemed to say that it was, um, it was comments at Wimbledon or Bromley where the pitch was a bit smaller that we seemed to struggle because it was such a small pitch. And yeah, it's not, a, not much of a, I, I don't understand it. I, I didn't think pitch dynamics were, as important as apparently they now now are. Maybe that's the new theme of the season is pitch dynamics. It must be in this manager's handbook. His chapter five is irons in the fire section. And then oh, chapter yeah. six is um, pitch dynamics. That's, yes. that's the next big subject. Um, we, we said goodbye. To, well, we didn't say goodbye to Alan Dunn. We said it that back in, in the May Day of the Long Knives. But he's joined Orient this week. Um, yeah. Wish him well. I, I just loved, I just wanted to read out this, this um, backhanded compliment. I don't know if it is a compliment or what really, but... AWOL27 on, on, on Twitter said uh, to Alan Dunn, good luck at Orient. I never rated you at Millwall, but you gave us years of service, so I wish you all the best. <laughs> As a job reference, you know, I never thought much of you, but you were here a long time. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. what that says. But, um... a, bit like a, a bit like the shit painted on the wall, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> at the, the back, office. Backhanded or what? You know, I never yeah. rated you much, but anyway, wish you luck. And apparently Alan Dunn is bringing out an autobiography. You know, I... You know, I <laughs> Um, you know, Nelson Mandela might bring out an autobiography. Um, you know, uh, Sir Winston Churchill famously wrote his own. Alan Dunn's bringing out his one, ghostwritten. So I'm not sure how auto it is in terms of biography. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we'll have to read it. Are you going to read it when it comes out? Then? I think so. I think um, I'm hoping that it's actually called something like, you know, um, Shouts from the Stands. And I hope it's his, 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 his collection of his favourite um, wind-ups and shouts from the Millwall crowd over the years. He's got 23 years worth. So I think it'd be, I think it'd be quite a good volume, but probably enough for volumes one and two. 
I'm hoping it's going to have plenty of uh, dirty insider stories because I can't. It won't be much in the way of footballing achievements, that's for sure. But absolutely, um, we, we we await that um, tone with 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 bated breath. Bated yeah, it breath. might. It's interestingly, it will probably uh, reveal uh, the most truth we will ever get about the Holloway era. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or and and about the club since uh, Mike Calvin's book. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, genuinely, I think if if it goes into detail and if he does, to to whatever extent you're able to name names, I mean, if, I don't know if Alan wants to continue a career within the game, so I think you have to be a bit careful how far you slag people off if you actually want to carry on working within the, uh, it's quite an enclosed, almost Freemason little world, isn't it, the world of football? Yeah. So, I mean, he stayed at Mill for 23 years, I don't know if that's an indication of how much he wants to stay in the game, to be honest. <laughs> 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 But I, I'm going to read it. I'll be interested <laughs> to read it, and I'm hoping that he might even come on the show and talk to us about it. But um, none of those are promises because um, we don't really get any star guests apart from your good self, Craig, on the oh. sh- show. Um, rugby league at the Den. We, we've we've done a deal, um, and again, this has caused turmoil around the um, the ever bored internet message boards for the uh, the Wigan Warriors rugby league side to play a, a Super Eight tournament again, uh, tournament match against the Catalan Dragons in September. Um, I had a quick look. I don't know if you're a rugby league um, fan in any way, uh, Craig. I know you play the American um, code, but um, the the I had, I had a Super Eight, so some kind of playoff. So I had it had a calculated. Reminded me of flying the Pluto with that that recent satellite mission's gone around Pluto. It looked like <laughs> incredibly complex for a simple sport. Yeah, I I, I don't follow rugby league at all. I, I follow a bit of Union. That's only because the missus is a is a Glasgow Warriors fan. So, okay. but that's. Uh, but otherwise, it's American football for me. But no, um, it seems to be a move uh, to to create a, a, a League One pitch, just as we're you know extending our girth <laughs> with... and our and our and our and our width. We seem to want to sort of we'll put it around a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We seem to want to get it warts and all. So you know what? What better? Let's 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 have this. I bet the groundsman was at his jaw fucking dropped when he got that announcement. Uh, yeah, he's just been working all summer on this pitch. Where we're just gonna put some rugby league players on it and absolutely cock it up for you. Well, this has been the debate. I mean, I I, I have no, I hold no great. Um, you know, I don't put rugby league above rugby union. I don't, or the other way, I know it inspires a lot of debate amongst rugby aficionados as to which one's the the girls' game and which one's the man's game and all that mm. old crap. Personally, they 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 look very similar in many respects to I me. Mean, they uh, union ever so slightly bores me, and and rugby league ever so slightly bores me as well. But I, I can I can see the um, the athleticism of both sports. Um, the only thing I'd say, I suppose, rugby league seems to be more of a running based game rather than a scrummaging game, so that shouldn't churn up the pitch to any great deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you hope for no rain, but uh, yeah. So it, it it might not be too bad, and it it's it's a little bit of uh, extra income yeah. for the club um, to help settle our Greek like debts, which we seem <laughs> to have. Um, but thank God we've got John Berylson instead of uh, Angela Merkel uh, holding holding the debts. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so. It, I can't and, knock it. I, can, I mean, some people are saying it dilutes our identity, and you know, playing other sports that then means it's no longer just Millwall's, Millwall's home. But I think that's utter bollocks because, you know, getting relegated to League One is a dilution of our identity because down there, no one knows who you are, and no one gives a shit what you're doing. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not worried about it from that point of view. My only worry would have been um, would have been based on the pitch, but you know, 
the only thing Harris seems to be obsessed on the pitch is, is the width, and width, Holloway width was obsessed <laughs> width and girth. Holloway was except, was obsessed with the look of the pitch. So yep. you know maybe that tells that about their respective uh, positions in life. But there we are. Holloway working for Sky Sports on on their football league coverage. So we've got plenty of him to um, take in this season. If anyone wants to uh, listen to more of the the West Country wankers um, viewpoints, but I'm, I'm I'm amazed how you know failed managers can get jobs in TV. It's um, George Bernard Shaw said, "If you can't, those that can do; those that can't teach." And then in this day, they go on telly, don't they? Yeah, well, I think that's the thing. He he was never getting a job in football. I, I think he, I, I reckon he probably he still thought himself he could. I imagine he put his name around because I'm sure wasn't his name down for one of the um, championship jobs or some of that. Or the there was uh, talk of him going somewhere, wasn't there? But then yeah, the, 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 there was an outbreak of sound. Um, it wasn't wasn't. It wasn't back to Blackpool, was it? It wasn't, it wasn't something. Like yes, Blackpool. Yeah, I think it was Blackpool. Something mad, was to go it? back, it was, it was, and then I think they realised they'd rather shit on their hands and clap um, <laughs> than uh, than than bring him back. And um, I imagine he got that response from a few people. So, well, if anyone um, anyone from any other club in the country is listening, don't have him. I mean, honestly, the man is um, man is self destructive. Yeah, but. A, a, a good a good move from Sky because he's a soundbite man. You know, it'll it'll it get him a few soundbites. He's he's you know, I imagine him with Chris Kamara, they'll have a great day. But uh, yeah, I never found him very funny, Craig. I, I I know that he was always rated as a wit, and you know, if you type his name into Google, um, you know, the, the wit of Ian Holloway pops up. And there's all these websites devoted to what he says, and I'd never thought he was very inventive nor particularly witty, but. Maybe I set my, 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 my bar quite high on that front. I don't know. No, he, he's got a funny accent and he says stupid things. Um, and <laughs> that's, that's all it takes. That, 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 is, that is all it takes, you know. Um, that, that, is, that is unfortunately the, the, the society that's, we that's, live in. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah. And finally, I thought we'd just run these. This is, every, every season, because I, I, I do the fanzine and, and now the podcast, I get magazines like 442 and, and World Soccer, which I always thought was quite a prestigious um, magazine that covered, you know, obscure footballs in Azerbaijan, you know, the, 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 the league table from, um, I don't know, from, from Bhutan or somewhere. And um, I always thought it was quite a serious magazine. But anyway, they're they interested in our views, on my views, on, um, on the season ahead for Millwall. And I thought it might be fun just to run it past you. As as um, as we're doing a pre-season show, um, so this is World Soccer Magazine's pre-season questions, and they're going to well, they're going to do one for each club. And, Fantastic! Um, you know, I think listeners can also put their own uh, put their own answers in as well if they want to. So, in a sentence, Craig, how would you describe last season? Shit! <laughs> That's what I said. That's <laughs> a wank. I said. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other way to put it. I mean, it was a disastrous, self-destructive season. Man-made disaster. Um, what are you expecting from this season, Craig Griffiths? Are you expecting um, good things, bad things, indifferent things? Um, I'm not expecting much. I'm expecting... It's making great radio, this is, isn't it? Uh, no, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... What I'm expecting this year is um, bringing through youth, yep. a, change, a change in philosophy and actually bringing through youth. Yep. Um, a more passioned... Uh, Millwall side. I'm expecting us to win at home, yep. which will be a nice surprise, but an expectation. Yep. Um, do I expect, in terms of position, do I expect anything special? Probably not. I'll be happy if we do, but I won't be necessarily, you know, climbing the walls and saying Harris out if, if for the first season where we're just sort of steady in the ship, 
Yeah, no, I, I went. I went with the same. I said um, anyone expecting us to to walk the league, I think, is deluded. I, th I, I actually think a mid-table respectability wouldn't be a bad outcome with a bit yeah. of, um, hopefully, um, some sense of rebuilding, some sense that we're acquiring, um, a, you know, someone to score goals, and and these kids that we've got that are starting to develop into men required to win a league like this. So, yeah, yeah I, I took mid-table responsibility. It's an easy question, number four for you, though, Craig. Who is your biggest villain of the season? Who's your biggest villain? Oh, of the season? Oh, well, only there's one, only one man, isn't there's there? Another. We've mentioned him already. We won't, we yeah. won't flog him again. Um, this was a, one that amused me no end, because um, I, I know what reply I gave to it, but what was the best terrorist song or chant last season? And I just like the idea that they think that we've got a, a whole kind of songbook of terrorist chants and song, you know, songs that are sung. Um, but the one I went for, just to... Um, give a clue was the Jimmy Savile one I thought that was just so <laughs> funny uh, the, the Jimmy Savile fucked your mum he's your father yes. <laughs> and I, I don't know if they'll publish that but I, I just thought it was just it's yeah. so, such shock value and I thought this that, that is Millwall for me that is that. and it was in the faces of Leeds United the the big bad bullies of the league and they, they were just it was just wonderful I, I thought it was amusing no end yes uh, yeah I don't think Top you can that. beat yeah I don't, I don't think you can beat the Savile because that's where and that's where it all started, isn't it? That's where the doubt, that's where all the question marks came, and it all sort of started off. Oh dear, it just amused me no end, and it remains one of my moments of the season. Um, and I know, I know, it, I know how wrong it is as well. So there we are. Um, is there a young player we should look out for? Who, 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 are you, who are you looking out for this season? Well, Fred, Fred would be the obvious one, but this yeah. uh, there's the the name of uh, Chris Twardek seems to have. Uh, he seemed to have let everyone up at, um, I think Bromley or, yeah. or Wimbledon. He seems to have uh, sort of come from under, come from nowhere, and um, played out of his skin. So, I think him, possibly uh, Ben Thompson. Yeah, one, if, yeah. if Jamie Philpot um, gets back and healthy again, then um, he's already got one goal. So that's you know that's not a bad uh, games to goal ratio compared to our other strikers. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's. Uh, that, this is the thing. I think youth-wise, I think we, we're we're quite we're quite prosperous. Um, disappointing things about yesterday. I mean, we had um, Jack Powell came in late. We've mm. seen already a few times, so he's not exactly a new um, a new prospect. But I always like the look of him when he comes in. Um, but Twardek, yeah, I mean, I, I, that was a name that I had heard from James's report, Bromley, and, and I think Wimbledon as well. Um, didn't see him yesterday at all, and it worried me that that was going to be our starting eleven at Shrewsbury. You think a week before the start of the season, um, it just looked a, a tired old eleven where we've got kids that are, you know, obviously you can't use them week in week out. And Twardek is, a, is still, I think, a trialist. But you know, I'd yeah. to, I would like to have seen something of him yesterday. But yeah, yeah. I, I, whether that's because they're not, they don't <clears> think they're prepared to take the rough and tumble of League One straight away, and they want to ease them into it. Maybe, maybe there's that that aspect to it um, that you know, all of a sudden these kids get thrown in and get the shit kicked out of them, and aren't quite ready for that. Yeah. Um, there is an aspect to that, but I think the future looks bright in, on on that aspect. Um, and, until we sell them all, I mean, Fred could be our Raheem Sterling, and in January he's gone for well, not thirty million, probably about three hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Which games are you most looking forward to? These, actually, these last two questions go hand in hand because I, I think they're equally as 
numbing. Um, which games are you most looking forward to? Um, are, are there any games you're dreading? I, mean, I can't think of one. Any games I'd give a shit about one way or the other. To be honest. no, I don't. I think the ones I'm looking forward to are the ones that are, the ones that are close to me because <laughs> I've actually got more chance of getting to them. Um, so in that case, I'd probably say Swindon. Swindon, <laughs> you're looking forward because to Swindon it's, because it's 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 probably the closest game to to, to Bristol where I am. Um, There's a first, and apart from that, uh, that's that, that's about it for me. So yeah, Swindon. Why not? I, uh, yeah, uh, well, I didn't choose Swindon. <clears throat> I think I went to Gillingham as the nearest thing to um, to a local derby we've got. This yeah, season, yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah, Gillingham would be a good good one as well. Good. Yeah. Um, it won't uh, be good. I mean, it's just it's just a, well, it's, it'll similar be a, reasons. Well, near... yeah, I think we're yeah we're talking about sort of you know what's the worst STD to get, isn't it? <laughs> what's what's the what game are you looking forward to the most? Really? <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Oh, there we are. Uh, great stuff. Appreciate cool. your time this morning, Craig. You've got places to go. Um, really appreciate your time. Let's look forward to a season where we start to win some matches and hopefully achieve a moderately to good league position. So. Yeah. To a season of mediocrity. To a season of mediocrity. So I'm going to close out the show now with a little piece I recorded with uh, Vice Captain of the Millwall Lionesses, Naomi Cole. Um, so we're going to roll that after you and I finish. So, um... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. We'll be back after these messages. Achtung, Millwall. All right, then, big welcome now to our Mill Lioness captain. Superstar, first superstar on our show, Naomi Cole. Welcome to Akadong Millwall. Hiya. And um, we're here, we're actually sitting by the riverside at the Old Salt Quay. It's beautiful, well, I've it. it's all right. <laughs> chatting about your new business. You are footballer and a businesswoman, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's a role I had to kind of take on because football, as a woman, you don't really get very far in life, so you just need to kind of have a backup plan. And yeah, I've been at university for three years now doing sports therapy, so I thought, why not start up my own business doing it? So the name of your company, because this is the hook upon which we're having the interview, yep. is Recover Rights. Yep, Recover Rights Sports Rehab. And the website is www.rrsportsrehab.co.uk. 
and that's um, for sporting and non-sporting injuries. So this is what back trouble, um, what kinds of things would you cover within your, your realm? Right? Well, it's basically any injury that you sustain. I mean, it could be where you're sitting around at work, you're getting a bit of backache, so you just want to kind of know what I can do to help it. It's just basically us providing a service where we can diagnose an injury that you're not sure of. If you've got any aches or pains, we can give it a massage, give you a few exercises to kind of alleviate that pain. It's just kind of a few teaching points, really, to kind of ease up the pain that you've got and set you on the right path to kind of having a long spell away from your pain, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And this is what you, you studied at uni? You were... Yeah, I did three years at Chichester University doing sports therapy, which is it's similar to physiotherapy, yeah. but it's just more... A lot of what we did was more rehabilitation-based, so it was kind of focusing on what you do after you've diagnosed them with the injury. So physiotherapists on the NHS will kind of go, yeah, you've got this, yeah. see you later, yeah. go see someone else. Yeah. But for us, it's kind of we can diagnose it and we can help you in the long run until you're right up to the point where you're back playing with your club. So we can take a player right through, like, an eight-month ACL rehabilitation program yeah. to get them back to playing. So for me, this, it's been like a massive part of my life where I ruptured my LCL ligament playing for England and um, I was meant to be out for seven, eight months and it ended up being about a year and a half, two years. Wow. So it was kind of, was it the rehab program that was the problem? Was it me? And it's yeah. kind of a bit of both really. You need kind of like the, the motivation of the patient to kind of be yeah. like, yeah, I want to get back. But then you need the right program for yeah. the right injury. I mean, one person might have an ACL injury, another person might have the same injury, but how they go about it and their progress at different stages might be different. So You're have to help it. ACL, is that a cruise ship? Anterior cruciate ligament, so it's like the most common knee injury for it's women footballers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously yeah. a lot of footballers get knee injuries and things like that. But mine was a little bit more complicated than the straightforward ACL because it's the, on the lateral side, so it's on the outside of your knee. Right. But they put me on an ACL program, right. and it wasn't matching to what I needed to do. So like my quadriceps were down in terms of the strength, and then when I tried to come back playing, it just fell apart straight away again. So it was kind of it wasn't properly fixed in the right way, mm. and it took me going to a different physio for them to go no you need to strengthen the muscles above right. the actual joint yeah well they thought the joint was absolutely fine but they didn't think of the other things around it so like getting the support and the protection of the other joints which i didn't know about and then i thought hang on a minute i'm quite interested in all this and yeah. i'd love to do that as a career so yeah i went to university and done it and you here go. i am now wow well as you can tell listeners she knows what she's talking about she <laughs> lost me at acl yeah um, Brilliant stuff. Now, you're also physio, not just for your own, under your own thing. You're physio with Worthing United yeah. on, on league side. Yeah, um, they approached me in the summer to come and do work with them. I mean, I work with Millwall Centre of Excellence on the girls' side at the moment as yeah. well, so I work with them during the week and on the weekend. But um, I also got jobs from um, Ryman clubs such as Lewis okay. and um, Eastbourne. So that was quite nice of them to kind of approach me as well, considering I've only really done work placements and yeah. I've only just started yeah. up the business. So it's, it's nice to kind of have a name and a profile around where I live because yeah. I'm based in Brighton. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. obviously I want to kind of build up a big a base network. in London. Yeah, networking yeah. kind of London and Brighton where I'm based 50, 50% of the time. So it's nice that people come and approach me when I haven't even started, do you know what yeah. I mean? So it'd be nice if this kind of business kicks off and people understand like, that I can relate to them because I'm yeah. in the football industry. I know what people go through for injuries and I've personally been through it myself and my business partner, yeah. Neve's been through it as well. I mean, she had to stop playing football because she, um, she's got hip, hip problems and things like that. So we can both kind of relate to what 
what the patients are going for. Is sure. it, it makes it quite a nice plug for people to come and approach us because we understand what they're going through. And in terms of finances, I mean, we, we, we're not expensive. We're not going to charge you thousands of pounds to come and see us. And we want to give you the right structure on how to get back recovering from injury we're not going to charge you 50 60 pounds come and see us for an hour we'll charge you like 25 30 pounds so yeah. it is a reasonable price and we are giving you the quality structure and we'll give you programs or we'll keep in direct contact so it's kind of like a one-to-one basis but it is really like high tech fantastic well clearly a woman of many roles because not only are you a physio not only are you you've got your own recovery um business going now you're also a middle lioness and also you played in gold what's supposed to be your defender by trade don't you? yeah what how did it come to pass that you ever finished up in gold well i've been dying for this for about two years now I've <laughs> every been footballer's dream going gold exactly you want to get the headlines and um i don't know really it was we had a pre-season friendly against birmingham and our keeper got injured and i was like yeah yeah go on i'll go in goal hmm. in case this happens in the season and everyone was like no don't worry we'll take their sub keeper because obviously it was a friendly yeah, in yeah. the middle of the season so it was like all oh, right we'll take their keeper let her play in goal i was sitting there kicking myself like oh i want to go in goal comes to sunday we play oxford so our goalkeeper gets a headbutt on the side of the head so right, she gets so a massive out. golf ball yeah. on the side of her head and we it said on the all over the internet that we had a sub goalkeeper on the bench when really we didn't <laughs> so we had no sub goalkeeper on the bench and I was sitting there and I was like they're going to call on me to do this this is your moment Dan Molina and the manager goes Coley go and get warm you're going in goal <laughs> this is at half time I was like oh no having, having a crash course in goalkeeping from the goalkeeper coach Julian absolutely superb had you had, you had any experience in the to position to be fair I've played there a couple of times I'm not going to lie and say I haven't played there I've played there a couple say of that. times it's a better story Naomi yeah on. I know <laughs> you've never been in goal with your it out. <laughs> no, I mean, you know what it's like, you're playing goal in tournaments, you play golf for kickabouts, but not WSL standard where you've got international players yeah, like, up yeah. against you. So, yeah. for me, I was I was nervous going to go and I have faith in the girls in front of me. Mm. I've got faith in every single player in my team and they protected me so well that game and they have, I think they had three or four shots on goal and they all went over the bar or wide. So, I didn't, actu- I didn't actually have a save to make and I didn't have to dive anywhere but it was more kind of what I had to do as the goalkeeper was distribute in the right positions because yeah. we were chasing the game. We were 2-0 down. I played more as a sweeper keeper so like okay. a Manuel Neuer kind of position. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, most of the game I was outside she of my just box. just dropped that into the sentence there. Yeah. Was... <laughs> me and Manuel Neuer on the same path. No, but, um, yeah, it was kind of playing outside of my box and kind yeah. of distributing to the right positions and being, like, the deeper outlet if the defenders were under pressure and things like that. So it kind of worked in our favour because it was like having a back five. Yeah. But to be fair, we were playing a back three at the time, so it ended up being, like, a normal back four with more players up the pitch. So, and in essence, it got us the draw. I set up the second goal, so I'm taking a lot of credit well for that. Well, so. that's, 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 but, no, uh, the girls are fantastic on the day. It? Yeah. It's been, a, I mean, first season in the second division of the... Second season. Uh, Super League 2. Yeah, it's our second season in there now. So it's um, second season. Yeah. So um, from, I was looking at the league table earlier on. Obviously, it's been, you know, you're just kind of below the, the middle part. Yeah. Um, above the relegation spots, yep. I guess there's a relegation. There's point. no relegation okay. format, they're so just expanding, so it's like yeah. seals, there's promotion, yeah. there's relegation down into it, but there's no relegation out of it, they're just expanding, so they're yeah. bringing one club in next season to expand it. But clearly, it's, you know, it's, it's a scene, women's football is a scene that's developing, is it? Yeah. We've had the England of um, experience in the summertime, um, the FA Women's uh, Super League this season, and we're part of the second division of that. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a real momentum behind the whole game at the moment. I mean, do you, do you, do you detect that in the, playing on the inside of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we detected it from the first game back. There was a lot of more 
you were getting a lot more media coverage on Twitter, you were getting a lot more retweets. TV now. Yeah, TV. You could even hear it on the London stations. They were yeah. promoting Chelsea's game at Staines and things yeah. like that. And I think it's superb for the women's game. That's what it's needed for a good four or five years now. It's just needed something to happen. I mean, the Olympi Olympics was the first kind of step yeah, forward yeah, yeah. where we did so well in the Olympics. But now, now the World Cup, it's like yeah. a massive thing in the men's game. And I think everyone took it on board and thought, do you know what? Let's, let's just watch it and see yeah. what happens. And do you know what? The girls did fantastically well. They weren't even expected to get out the group they weren't even expected to beat Canada things like yeah. that but they absolutely just momentum went through the whole tournament and speaking through personal like knowing the players who are in the England senior yeah. setup like I've lived with a couple of them and I know a few of them since I was about 14 15 yeah. I mean they just said it was a superb trip the experience yeah. was just unbelievable and it Mark Sampson just created an environment which was enjoyable and I don't know, you could kind of feel it. Like, they were just connecting with people at home. They wanted yeah. everyone at home to engage, yeah. and everyone kind of set on board with that, and you yeah. was getting a lot of, like, male publicity. I mean, you had a lot of celebrities getting on board with it, like, yeah, go and watch the women's football, and it, it's kick-started something over here, and the girls should be so proud of that because that's just what this country's needed in terms of women's football. Very much so. I mean, that national side doing, doing so well. Is exactly. Incredible. I mean, incredible. the first, like, semi-final since 1966, the men haven't even got anywhere close to that. No. Do you know what I mean? So the, the women... anniversary of the winning it, that's... Exactly. Exactly. People have been born, lived and died in that exactly. time. Exactly. You know? So the women deserve a lot of credit for that. And, yeah, it's been superb. And at, at Millwall as well, we're definitely getting a lot more support. I mean, we've... I was going to ask about that. I mean, the games... Obviously, some games have been played at the Den. I noticed you played the other day at Beckham Town. Yeah. Um, we're only playing at Beckham Town at the moment because the Den's obviously getting relayed really and the men yeah. haven't played on it yet. But It must be fantastic to turn out at the Den. Yeah, it's superb. I mean, what a stadium to walk out yeah, in yeah, front. Yeah. Like, I know there's not as many fans as the 20,000 that the men get, but... What kind of numbers are you drawing there, we're drawing about four, five, six hundred. So it's growing. It's growing, and it with a non yeah, no. yeah, exactly. And I mean, depending on who we're playing. I mean, the biggest attendance we got was when we played Arsenal, which is obviously a Super League One side yeah. with yeah. senior international players, left, right, and centre. Yeah. And I mean, we're playing them at the Den again soon in the Continental Cup, but I can't okay. remember the date. Well, we'll find that date out. Yeah, we'll give that a and while. yeah, we'd love people to just come down. I mean, Arsenal are a top quality side, and we lost seven 0 to them in the FA Cup, but we have improved since that game, and mm. we know how to combat them a bit more now. And the squads we've brought new players in things like that so it will give, we will give them more of a game and I think even the game last night against Reading who are the top side in our league 3-1 yeah. doesn't reflect the, the game we played to be honest I mean we, we competed with them for the full 90 minutes and it was just a couple of errors that we did and it gave them a couple of goals so we're definitely improving as a side and you compare this season to last season we're on about the same points tally that we got for the whole of last season we've still got about 7-8 games left yeah and I don't know, there's just a new vibe at the club. Everyone's kind of happy, everyone wants to progress as players. And you're seeing the progression from the youngsters as well. Like, the youngsters are stepping in and doing a job. And competition for places is brilliant now because everyone... And everyone kind of accepts when they're sitting on the bench, they, they want to break into that. kind of professional yeah, vibe going on. definitely. Here. And everyone wants to compete. And it's, it's hard to break into the squad and it, you've got to perform well to stay in that squad and it, that's kind of a healthy, healthy competition we need at the club mm. if we want to strive to be like the top two three in our league and get promoted which is the eventual goal obviously we've got our own goals for this season just to finish kind of mid-table which is above what we did last season and we're, we're on course for that at the moment and we believe we can do that so I've got a lot of faith in what Dan's doing and what the girls are doing now, I can't let you go before we cover some of these on-the-spot interview questions. OK. For the benefit of the listeners. All right. Um, we won't do them all, because there's quite a few there. Yeah. Um, so, Naomi Cole um, from Brighton. Previous clubs, Fulham, Arsenal, Chelsea and Lewis. Yeah. Um, and now, obviously, playing for Millwall. Yeah. So then, Naomi Cole, England Under-23 International. 
What's your favourite film? Oh. Do you want a reminder? Yeah, it says Dear John in there. Dear John, it says, yeah. yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, to be fair, there is a lot of films around that are good, but... <laughs> I think that's just purely because of Shannon Tatum, to be honest. But then if you're going to put Shannon Tatum on a favourite film, you're going to have to say Magic Mike, aren't you? So... I don't know what I, you're talking I might about have now. Yeah, you've lost me. <laughs> the women know that one. <laughs> Who's got the worst dress sense in the side then, Naomi? Um, the dress sense? Yeah. We're going to have to say Rinzola. I mean, she's the... Well, last time you said you. <laughs> Did I say me? Oh, yeah, it probably is me still, to be honest. But I'm going to have to say Rinzola, because we, when we went away to um, Durham for the weekend, yeah. she pulled out some all-in-one night pyjamas, and it was all matching, and everyone was there with, like, their T-shirt and shorts on. We looked at her, and it was like... You can tell she's about 16, 17 years old. Like, her mum's packed her bag for her, bless her. What was the first record you ever bought? Oh, God. It must have been Christina Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle. Genie in a Bottle. Yeah. Christina Aguilera. And what's that? let's have one last one. If you could play with any player, past or present, who would you like to play with? David Beckham. All day. He's a super footballer and what a nice guy to meet. Let's do that um, rehab again at www.rrsportsrehab.co.uk. Recover right. It's also on Twitter. We'll be giving a little bit of a boost on Twitter. Um, Naomi Cole, woman of many talents. Hopefully many more. Thank you for coming on Acton Millwall. No problem, Nick. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you very and you. much. Thank you. You've been listening to Acton Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.